right, what's going on, everyone? I'm back with my guy, Aaron. What's going on, man? How's it going? Going well, man. I'm having a good time. If NBA is starting back up, all my guys are back with their team, uh, whether they're in your league, G League, or NBA team. And I'm just – now's the time to make sure <laughs> everything we worked on, man, is, is working out and translating to their game. Love it, man. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I know you're a busy guy. You got uh, a lot of these high-level guys. I know you said there's a lot of the season starting right now. Stuff's really picking up. Um, but really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Just for everyone listening who may not know who you are yet, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are, how you got into what you do, and uh, all that good stuff. No problem at all. So my name is Aaron Miller. I uh, am the owner and only trainer at Elite Basketball Training. Um, I've been doing this for five years now. I have eight or nine uh, current NBA players, um, to name a few, like Wesley Awandu from the Magic, Damian Dotson from the Knicks, uh, no, Jonathan Simmons, the Harrison Twins, uh, just a Chinanu on a walkthrough to play with the Rockets, Isaiah Cannon that used to play with the Rockets. Uh, some of these guys that are in and out of the league, some of the guys that are trying to make a way in the league. Um, a couple of the overseas guys like D'Angelo Harrison and Aaron Harrison, some of the Ferran Petaway, some of the LJ Rose, some of the – all right, what's going on, everyone? I'm back with my guy, Aaron. What's going on, man? How's it going? Going well, man. I'm having a good time. If NBA is starting back up, all my guys are back with their team, uh, whether they're in your league, G League, or NBA team. And I'm just – now's the time to make sure <laughs> everything we worked on, man, is, is working out and translating to their game. Love it, man. Well, first of all, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on the show. I know you're a busy guy. You got uh, a lot of these high-level guys. I know you said there's a lot of the season starting right now, stuff's so really picking up. Um, but really appreciate you taking the time to come on. Just for everyone listening who may not know who you are yet, go ahead and introduce yourself. Tell everyone who you are, how you got into what you do, and uh, all that good stuff. No problem at all. So my name is Aaron Miller. I uh, am the owner and only trainer at Elite Basketball Training. Um, I've been doing this for five years now. I have eight or nine uh, current NBA players, um, to name a few, like Wesley Awandu from the Magic, Damian Dotson from the Knicks, uh, no, Jonathan Simmons, the Harrison Twins, uh, just a Chinanu on a walkthrough to play with the Rockets, Isaiah Cannon that used to play with the Rockets. Uh, some of these guys that are in and out of the league, some of the guys that are trying to make a way in the league. Um, a couple of the overseas guys like D'Angelo Harrison and Aaron Harrison, some of the Ferran Petaway, some of the LJ Rose, some of the upper level guys, you know, um, I've been working with those guys for some of them almost three and a half, four years. Uh, but it didn't all start that way. Right. So like yeah. when I first started, I came home and I was doing, you know, I hate to say this cause he's my guy still, but you know, one of my first clients was a kid who just gave me an opportunity and we were working outside of the YMCA. His name was Nima and he was in the band and he just wanted to, you know, get in shape. And I, I was just using him as like, okay, like, oh, how can I do this? How can I make him better this way? How can I? And it's just to say that it went from to helping someone get into shape to where it is now is like so surreal. And it's been nothing but uh, like it's been a process and a journey. And finding happiness in that process and journey is like so rewarding. And man, to to see like where I am now, to bless him, but I, I still got a lot of work to do. And uh, I mean, I just. I think that, you know, anything that comes with this kind of job, like you have to have tough times because if it comes easy at first, like, man, you're going to, you're going to take it for granted. Oh, you're going to sure. look to your left and your right and you're going to compare, but like having some hard times at the beginning and, and taking a while to get there, man, you cherish and value it a lot more once you finally get there. 
No doubt. And how did you how did you get from that point A to where you are now? Like what what was that road like? Like how did you work right. your way into getting with these NBA guys from from where you started? Right. So my first NBA guy was Sheldon Mack and I was at 24 Hour Fitness in Friendswood. He knew another one of the clients that I've been working with, Trey Bennett, who's also one of my good friends. And we were at 24 Hour Fitness. It was a Friday night, and I was like, oh, we're not worried, man. Nobody's going to be here. Of course we get there, and there's 30 <laughs> kids, and they're playing yeah. full court five on five. And I'm telling these kids, like, hey, man, listen, I know you don't know who I am, and you don't, I don't know who you are, but I just need five minutes, 20 minutes, anything in between games with this guy to work out. And they were continuing to play five on five. I was working Sheldon out in the game. I was having people stop the games on purpose so that I could work them out just to prove to him, like, man, this kid knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Five years later, I still work with him. We still laugh about, you know, that. <laughs> uh, like, so from that, it just kind of was a domino effect of other guys in Houston seeing him. I put him on social media, other guys from Houston seeing him, uh, finding interest. And, and like I said, like, I think that when you, when people see a possible benefit, they'll come. But I think that when you provide value, they'll stay. And I think that's what I've done a good job, you know, doing is, just I'll do anything to get that opportunity, but I think being prepared for that opportunity and making the most of it is what makes people stay. Um, so then I went from, uh, you know, Sheldon Mack to D'Angelo Harrison and LJ Rose and Taran Petaway and then Damian Dotson and Wesley Wando and Jonathan Simmons and the Harrison twins. Like, but they're, but you know, what's crazy about that is like, I call those guys all the time. We talk all the time. And it's not just basketball. You know, it's so much bigger than basketball. Cause you know, anybody, could, would train these guys for free you know so yeah my first part of my career it was it, and I think that if you really love it like you'll do it for free right so like my first three and a half years I was training everybody and their mama for free man just to show people like I knew what I was talking about and um, just like recently in the past year and a half I started like monetizing just because I have a brand new son at home and you know like yes I do feel like I'm getting better and I do feel like I do provide that value so it's just in everybody it has a different process but at the same time like you'll know when you're there, you know? Oh, for sure. And I think like for coaches or even athletes listen to this, like there's so many parallels from like that journey to the journey of looking athlete. Like you got to like, just do what you got to do to get there, to get to that right. spot. Cause like you, yeah. you could have showed up to the 24 hour fitness and be like, ah, oh, you know what? It's full. We'll come back another day. But like, nah, right. like you're going to work sometimes that guy out. Find a yeah. way. You just got to find a way sometimes. Yeah. I think too many people stop like at the first excuse to stop and like the excuse might, the excuse might be justified. Right. Like for example, you showed up and you're like, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to be that guy that's going to stop the game and make everyone get off just to work this right. guy out. But like, even though it was justified, you still did it. And I think a lot of athletes could definitely learn from that because yeah, maybe you get to the gym, it's packed out, but, but you still got, you still got to get that workout in or you right. still got to get the, get the because, um, because the opportunity might not ever come again. And you're sure. Sheldon didn't have a 24 hour membership. <laughs> I made him a fake one. <laughs> yeah. And then he went and signed in at the front, like at a at a desk, you know, just so we yeah. could get in. Like at some point, man, like the the world the world is gonna test you to see how bad you really want it. You know, and then, like it may come in the first week of your, your journey, it may come in the first year, the third year, but at some point it's gonna come, that adversity is gonna come. Sometimes it gets hard before God takes you to that next level, right? And yeah, you gotta pass that test. No doubt, man. And uh and, and working with these high level guys, like what are what are some of the common characteristics you see among them? Like, are there any commonalities or characteristics that stand out as like things that help separate them from maybe the player that didn't quite make it to that next level? Yes. Yeah, so when they come in, right, it's like as a trainer, as a nutritionist, uh, which which you do as a yeah. Uh, yeah. you know 
any, any type of athletic, when you're working with athletes, you know, I think that the coach, when, when you come in, you set the tone, right? So like I've done all my work before, like before Andrew Harrison gets there, I can tell you that he's averaged nine and a half, that he shot 33% from three point line. I can tell you that he shot 83% from the free throw line. I can tell you where all the shots are coming. I can tell you where Wesley one do shots are coming. I can tell you how many dribbles he should take. So like everything is pre-planned, right? So that when you come in, you show them a certain focus and energy. And it's only right that they return that effort and their focus and, and, and the great ones, like you don't have to tell them to be focused. Like when they come in, it can be joking around, but as soon as we start, it's a high level focus that, you know, they are, we're all here for the same reason. And it is business at that time, even though we're friends, it is business at that time. They're trying to get better. I'm trying to make them better. And it, you know, it's all jokes aside for that hour, hour and a half that we're going because we're all trying to get to that same goal. Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's huge. That's what really separates guys. Cause like you just said, some guys get in workouts I've seen before and they're not mentally there. Maybe something happened at home. Maybe something didn't right. Go right with their girlfriend. Maybe, you know, they didn't have that good of a day and then they get in the workout and, they're not as prepared or they're missing shots or they're getting down on themselves. And it's like the great ones, they don't have bad days. You know, yeah. like even if you do, it's, it's not seen in the workout. There's a certain level of focus and high level of energy that's like irreplaceable. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's, I think that's huge. Cause there's always, there's always a conversation around like, how do you create buy-in? How do you get players to like follow the plan or stick to the plan, especially with like nutrition as well. Like how do you get players to actually stick to this stuff? But the reality is, like, if they want it like that, if they're if they're built that way, they're gonna come in, they're gonna execute. Like, right. that's what really it's, takes guys to that next level. It's a it's a high level of discipline for sure, and dis- discipline and focus. Yeah, no doubt. And um, as far as like skill wise, like, if I had to ask you, like, what like you feel the most valuable skill for a basketball player to have? Obviously, it's a very loaded question. You could take this a million different right. ways, but like the most valuable skill as a, as a hooper to have, like, what would you say that skill is? Um, if there is one. Valuable skill that you can't, that you can teach is footwork, right? I okay. Some yeah. guys that are judged on an NBA draft board, judged on a word called potential that also gets a lot of coaches fired, right? So you see guys like maybe seven feet, you know, seven foot wingspan, huge, can dribble, you know, but can't walk and chew bubble gum, you know? And I think that you see that at the lower levels, you got a kid in eighth grade that's 6'4", he's a post player, he's bigger than everybody else. You're going to put him on A team because he's so big, but he can't, you know, he, he can barely walk, you know? Yeah. And I just, working on footwork at a young age, I think that's what kind of separates you as you get older, you hit that growth spurt, your body's growing. And then as, and then as you get with, you know, peers that are, on the same level as you at that elite level, I think that footwork gets you to where you need to go, gets you to your spots. Cause you're talking about NBA, you're talking about guys that shoot the same shots, right? Like, like Wesley Awandu doesn't get to have seven dribbles at the top of the key doing isolation. Cause that's not his game. He's catching the ball in the yeah. corner, he's attacking, he's getting one dribble, two dribbles max. And that's where his shots are coming from. So if he can do his footwork, right. And you can, master his footwork i think that he and just anybody that's mastering the footwork can put you ahead of the competition for sure for sure and what what are some practical like tips inside of your training like what are some drills you like to do um obviously it's kind of hard to explain like without like video or anything for, for guys to see but like what are some some things you like to do inside of your training to facilitate the, the the development of that footwork right so what i pride myself on is um a tactic called conceptual situations so like I said earlier, uh, before I get into a workout with Damian Dotson, 
I'm looking at all of his synergy clips and YouTube clips, seeing what plays that he gets the ball in, where he catches the ball, how he catches the ball. Is he coming off the down screens, come off the dribble handoff? Is he, you know, where is he catching the ball at? And then that's how I'm making up my drills. So when I'm in a basketball um, workout with a kid, like it's not just me and them most times. It's my them, a rebounder, a screener, and I'm putting all the everyone to work. That way that they're doing the exact same thing that they're doing in the game, that same play, that same setup, that same formation. So yeah. that way when game, it's easier to translate. Right. So that we're so that when you're coming off this ball screen, this uh, dribble handoff, this down screen, this pin down, that you have the proper footwork, you have the proper mindset, you have the proper approach. That way, when the game comes, it automatically translates. And I think that's what kind of separates me from the other trainers. For sure. Yeah. Like you said, it sounds like a lot of stuff you do is very game specific. Like, how do you feel yes. about those those sorts of drills like you'll see on Instagram with the two ball handling and the tennis balls and the, and the gloves and one I know some people argue they have a place for certain reasons. Some people say right. not like no. just game specific stuff. Like if you're not doing it in a game, you shouldn't be doing it in training. Like where do you stand on that? Do you feel like there's application for it or is it one of those things just like you really shouldn't be doing it? I think all trainers bring a different mindset to each workout, right? So like if yeah. I train a kid and you train a kid, I might not be as good as you, but you might have a different mindset that tests them in a different way, right? So when you say things like tennis ball, two ball dribble, yeah, you're not doing them in a game, but it just kind of tests the player. Maybe it tests them mentally. Maybe it tests their focus. Yeah. Maybe it tests yeah. them like something they never did before that they want to try. Maybe you want to keep the workout exciting. As far as that stuff goes, I think that it's um, helpful. Would I do it? Maybe not. Probably not. But I do think that like sometimes you got to keep it exciting. You don't definitely don't want to do the same things over and over. Uh, but yeah. I'm a big yeah. fan like of a lot of people like other trainers like man I don't like this I hate that but I'm a big fan of everybody I like watching everybody's stuff Love it. I, like, um, I, I, mean, just, I just like I just like seeing other bright minds and how they come up with getting people better I think that stuff's so amazing and I think that there's so many people in the space that are like jealous of each other and it's just when you really are when you really do think you're providing value and doing a great job it's not as much looking to the left and right as competition but it's more looking to the left and right as man, like, that's awesome that he came up with that. I'd, lo I'd love to help or I'd love to see how he thought about that. You know, just people have to change their mindset. No doubt, dude. Like, there's so many parallels with that, like what you just said inside of training and also inside of the nutrition side of things. Because, right. like, you see, oh, you do this diet or I do this diet. I do, do this method. But the reality is, like, there's a million different ways to achieve the same result. Exactly. So if, exactly. by all means, if you're doing something different than the way I would do it, but you're helping the guy get to where he wants to go, cool all the power to you and i think yeah. like that mindset that you just said of like more the abundance mentality than like the scarcity mentality of like oh yeah everyone around here's competition i gotta hold my secrets like no nah, everyone's helping each other out and i think that's one of the really cool things about especially now that we have social media and like the ability to connect with like i wouldn't be connecting with you right now if social media didn't exist right like, having the ability to connect with all these different like-minded individuals and see what yeah. they do differently what works what doesn't and then learn from that is huge. I think so too. And I think the hardest part is getting people to get out of that mindset of comparing and comparing situations. Cause you didn't know my process. I didn't know your process. So I don't have the right to, you know, compare myself to, you yeah. know, I think a lot, of, especially like in the basketball space, it's like, man, he got that opportunity. I didn't, he got that opportunity and I did. Yeah. But you didn't know his process. You know, you didn't know what he had to go through to get to that point. And I think when people start realizing that that is true, then they can look at themselves and appreciate what others bring to the table. 
For sure. Yeah. I think what you just said about like, you don't know what they went through, like to get the opportunity is huge because you'll see guys like whether it's an athlete, a coach, whatever, like they'll get that one opportunity and suddenly everyone thinks they're that overnight success. Yeah. But like, for example, in your case, you were training people for free for like three and a half years before like you started monetizing and that. I was, I, was training, I was training people outside on the basketball court. I never had yeah. a home. You know, I, I couldn't be like, I was, I have an elementary PE job. Right. And so like I'm working kids out on my lunch break. I'm going after school. I'm going at nighttime. I'm telling my wife at the dinner table, like, hey, I got to go handle. I got to I, I may not get this opportunity again. And, you know, yeah. seeing how much it's grown and she's seen, you know, the success I've had and, and she respects it. But imagine imagine if she didn't see that a long time ago. You know, when I, I was saying it, she was believing it, but she didn't have to. You know, so I think that, yeah. I think to say that, I think that it takes a strong circle around you. Right. But For at sure. some point. You have to be strong for yourself and say, man, I know that this is hard right now, but I know that I work hard and give it to God and, you know, work with a relentless work ethic that the situation might not always be the same. And I always believe yeah, that. For sure. And like, how, how were you able to, to keep that going? Like, even when things maybe were, did get a little bit difficult, like, how were you able to cultivate that mindset of like, you know what, it's difficult right now, but I know, like, you, it sounds like you genuinely knew. It, like if you kept putting the work in, you would get there. Like yeah, so very few people are able to do that. Yes. I think that the, the, the answer to your question is just, you know, when people say, how'd you get to that point? Or how long did you think it would take you to get to that point? I think that you have to see it before it comes. You know, I believe in yeah. like things, writing down goals, speaking things into existence. And like I say, like, I pray all the time. And I, and I, and I think I have to tell God sometimes, like, please forgive me because I'm, you know, I'm ready for that opportunity. I'm ready for that opportunity. But, you know, sometimes I, you got to sit back and be still and be grateful for those things you have. And, uh, but I think that as, as far as getting to those goals, like you have to see it first, you know, for sure. I, I said earlier, like, if you would have told me I would got to this point this fast, I might not have believed you, but at some point in my mind, I knew that I, I need to this point because I knew that I was going to work hard. I knew that no one was going to outwork me. And I knew that, when given the opportunity, I was going to, you know, make it happen. And it's just, for sure. it's been working for me. Love it, man. And, and kind of switching gears a little bit into more like the tactical side of things of, of training. Like now that a lot of these guys are going into their, into their season, whether it be high school, college, pro guys, like what do you typically recommend for athletes or for, for hoopers during their season, as far as like skills training to maintain what they improve during the off season without right. overdoing it? So I feel like, people fall to like two ends of like an extreme of like way overdoing it in their season. Yes. But then also letting things completely slide. Then you end up at the end of your season regressing a little bit. So how do you avoid that situation? Right. So I always believe in like next man up mentality. Like you worked hard right now. You worked hard in the in the summer, but if you don't continue your hard work, you know, others can pass you. And I do believe in, you know, reaping what you sow and you, you did this work. Now you got to let those seeds uh, you know, come out and blossom but at the same yeah. time I've always encouraged be first to practice be the last one to leave never let anyone else outwork you but at the same time you have to work smart you know sure. I don't I don't recommend like you're doing two hours of you know opposite I mean work after practice and you know you're going 100 percent and you're you're not able to practice the next day because you're but I do believe in staying sharp you know keeping yeah. tight all handling always getting extra shots up and I think a lot of that is communication too with the coach, the trainer, what do they want to see? What do they need to see from you? Where do they feel like you can get better? And continuing to work on those weaknesses, but also continuing to keep your strengths, your strengths. You know, I think that's 
that's what a lot of people, I think they look at your weaknesses and they coach my, my weakness, what's my weakness, what's my weakness. And you continue to work on your weakness and you lose sight of those strengths. Yeah. And I, that's one of the big things, like, especially during the season. Coach, I'm, I'm not getting a whole lot of corner shot. I'm not making a whole lot of corner shots. Then you're shooting corner shots, but then you're missing free throws. Yeah. You know, like, so I think, I think the big thing is work on your weaknesses, but making sure your strengths stay your strengths. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. I, I couldn't agree more, definitely. Like, when I was playing, it would always be like, yeah, like, what's my weakness? Like, oh, wow, like, I'm not the best ball handler, handler so let me spend all my time working on that. Right, exactly. But, like, I'm a, I was a really good spot of shooter. So then, like, sometimes that was slippy because I was spending so much time doing ball handling. So, really, right. I think it's a really important point you brought up. Um, now, how about if someone starts out the season and they get into a little bit of a shooting slump? Like, it's right. just, just not falling. Like normally they hit that they're hitting, but like just to start off the season, it's not happening for them. Like, right. is there anything in particular in terms of tactically inside of your workouts or just mentally? Because yep. obviously that's a huge component of it that you yes. recommend um, to help people get the, dig their way out of that shooting slump. Yeah, I think that uh, you just tell them to trust the work. I think that you, when you're doing a workout with a professional, you say certain key terms, right? Like whether that's get the ball above, I mean, get the elbow above your eye right yeah. hold your follow-through these certain things that you're saying these key points that you're saying a hundred times throughout a workout right so my one of my top clients uh he's he's probably the best shooter i have by far his name's d'angelo harrison he's playing in france right now uh and he was an all-star last year in russia and he's just i mean he's an amazing shooter the first few games he's had a shooting slump you know and then you have to take take a look at okay d'angelo he sent he sends me all his game film after all his shots are short i'm telling him to get his elbow up I'm telling him, get to your spots, right? Because we talked about that. You got to get to your spots. And I'm telling him to, more importantly, be confident, right? Because somebody that is shoots at such a high level and it's nice to see the ball go in. So something like that is like, okay, you need to make sure that you're getting to the free throw line early in the game. Be in attack mode early, get to that free throw line so you can see the yeah. ball go in, right? Then, then you're not like, man, I'm 0 for 5 shooting threes. What else should I do? No, go see the ball go in, get your layup, get to the free throw line, see it go in a couple of times, build that confidence and stick to what you know, stick to what you're good at and believe in yourself. Like, for example, his situation, he is, you know, having to carry a lot more of the load this year. He's having to play point guards, having to guard the best player on the other end, and he's having to score a lot of points. So you have to stick to what you know. In the midst of all that, get your elbow above your eye, stay balanced, keep all your weight between your hips and stick to the basics, those key points that we've said throughout every workout during the summer. Yeah, no, I think that's huge. I think the confidence thing is just is the biggest one because I think it's so easy it's to big, let that go. It's, big, it's huge. Yeah, no, it's, huge it's, it's so I mean, easy. Yeah. Like, especially shooters. For sure. Like, I know, see, like, I know I can very vividly recall my senior year of high school. Like, I started the season, like, could not hit anything. So, like, really? Literally the, first, literally the first half of the season. Then I ended up getting, getting a concussion, and then I came back, I was, I was hit. So, apparently, that's what it took. But, uh like, you, it's very easy to let that slip, like, as far as, yeah. like, confidence, because then you just get into, like, oh, damn, I missed again, oh, right. shit, I missed again, and then it just, like, it's just downward spiral. So I think if you can catch yourself before it gets to that point, that'll put you in a much better position to be resilient sure. to that. For, For sure. sure. Um, now, I'm curious to hear, like, from like from your experience, I know you, you don't directly work with your players on nutrition, but, like, have you seen, like, have gone to see, like, what their eating habits are like at all, or, like, any... any yeah, so a lot of my... Yes, yeah, so like one of my uh, he's my one of my best friends too. His name is Josh Gray. He's on a two way with the New Orleans Pelicans, and Josh is probably the hardest worker that I have. He works out three times a day, whether it's bleachers, weights, two basketball on court workouts, and we leave, 
he's vegan. And I, I'm like, Josh, what are you doing? Like, what? Why are you vegan? What is wrong with you? He said, Aaron, everybody works hard. This is how I get the edge of my opponent. And ever since that day, I was like, man, like, he really wants to be great. Yeah. Like, like I went to see him in Vegas. I was, and we went to the summer, I mean, to see him in the summer league along with some other players. And I was like, man, like, I'm, I'm starving. Let's get out of here. This guy takes me to the modern vegan. And, and that's my first time <laughs> ever trying vegan food, man. But it, it's just like, he is so focused, right? And I think when you get guys on that level, uh, they're just trying to find anything, anything to get the edge on the next man. Yeah. And, uh, man, it's just like so cool to see somebody that focused. And you have to take it seriously, right? Because it's like, man, he, he really wants to be great. Like, I can't like tell him, no, man, let's go to Chipotle. Let's go to McDonald's because yeah. <laughs> they take their diet so serious. And, uh, yeah. and I just yeah. think it's, it's one, not only huge for their body, but I think it's also huge mentally. Oh uh, yeah, especially for somebody like him, that's like Aaron. This this is how I'm getting past my opponent, and so for someone like him, mentally, I mean, it's huge. Yeah, like no doubt. I, I think, like you said, mentally, a lot of the stuff just comes down to like mentality. Like if you know, like it comes. I think it comes back to like the point you're talking about when you're in a shooting slope, being confident in the work you put in. It's yep. the same in terms of your in terms of your nutrition habits too. Because like if you're confident, like yeah, I'm fueling properly. Like I'm doing this right. Like like everything's on point. It makes you feel a lot more at peace going into yes. that practice. Going yes, into that and, you're, game. and you feel like you're more prepared. Exactly. Yeah, like I think based on our conversation, like I know, like preparation is a really big thing for you. I can just yeah, tell, like sure. you're just yeah. like knowing, yeah, like I'm reciting those stats off the top of your yeah. head, like the game film, like the situational stuff, like your workouts. Like it's huge. I'm the same way when it comes to nutrition. Like I got my guys tracking like everything we could possibly track because you got to know that stuff. You got to have yep. the data. If you don't how do you know where to go from there? Right. Exactly. Yeah, for sure. Um, as we're, as we're coming towards the end of the podcast, like what if you had to give like an, a young up and coming basketball player, like one piece of advice, just take from this podcast and just run with it. Like, what would that be for you? I think, I think my word of advice would be to not look to your left and right. I think it would be to you know, always look forward, see, see your vision before it happens, even when no one else doesn't see it. Right. Like, I think that when you're making goals, you have to write those things down. I think you have to do things to work towards your goals every day. I think that vision without action is just a dream. And I think that you have to, to get to that goal. You got to take the steps and you got to, there will be a person. And I think that you just got to push forward and pull through and you got to have a strong team around you. Uh, but like I said, with, with hard work, preparation and dedication, like and an extreme amount of dedication, like those things can happen for you for sure. No doubt, man. Well, again, I really do appreciate you taking the time to come on. I know we, we covered a lot of really valuable information here. So I a lot of the guys listening play basketball. And even if they don't play basketball, listen to the podcast, like there's still a lot of in terms of mentality and, and just the overall like theme of preparation and stuff like that. Ton of valuable info. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on. Just before we get out of here, where can everyone find more of what you're doing on social or really yeah. anywhere else you want to direct people towards? Uh, on my Instagram is my main, uh, my main source of social media. It's elite b-ball training. Um, I'm, I'm on Instagram and then, uh, I do a little bit on Twitter, not as much EBT okay. Miller. Yeah, but definitely Instagram elite b-ball training. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you again for coming on. No problem, man. Thank you. And I, and I, and I will return your favor for sure. Appreciate it, man.